Uh, right, so welcome to today's uh, podcast. It's the 9th of March 2020, and this is Adrian Boothy here, Head of Trading at TrendSignal, and I'm joined with Jerry Miller. Good morning. Uh, well, uh, it's a good morning. It's not a good morning for everybody. The markets are absolutely melting at the moment. There's a price war kicking off between Russia and the Saudis, um, and well, I guess the US, I suppose, uh, and also this uh, a little thing called uh, COVID-19 continues to uh, hit the markets. But we're going to be getting all into that uh, today. It's going to be a break from the usual format because like last week, there's just too much going on at the moment. So uh, let's just bring some uh, charts in. And Jerry, why don't you um, kick us off with uh, you know, what's going on? Uh, well, what's going on? The markets are completely melting uh, on the back of what initially you might have thought was coronavirus uh, news. And that the spread of that is escalating, especially in Italy. Uh, they basically quarantined 16 million of their population, roughly a quarter. Uh, Lombardy and Veneto, the cities like Milan, Venice, all cut off. But actually the real news over the weekend, and it brewed up from last Thursday uh, with the OPEC meeting in Vienna, they, they were attempting to cut uh, production by about one and a half million barrels a day. They didn't achieve it. Oil, as a consequence, fell four percent uh, sorry ten percent on uh, Friday four dollars on Friday and I thought that was quite a move by any measure that's a pretty I yeah. mean you look at the the ATR the day before that you got to say two dollar ATR and then it, it you know it fell it fell five dollars well, so it fell have... two and a half times its normal yeah. range of yeah, the day yeah. you, you only have to look at the size of the candle on Friday and compare it to the previous sort of couple of months and you can see it's by far and away the biggest wow but then the news that it's a little bit of a maverick reaction, but the Saudis decided not only were they not going to cut production, they were going to increase production. Not only were they going to do that, they were yeah. going to discount their prices. And they were the ones trying to hold off on uh, well, cutting or more, you know. Uh, okay, okay, they're in a unique bizarre. position. The, the three big producers in the world are the US, now the biggest, thanks to um, shale oil, uh, Saudi, obviously, and Russia. Now, Saudi produces their oil, they've got the cheapest production cost, so they've got the least to lose in a way. Why, uh, why is it just easier, just, easier just, fields? They have yeah, to suck it out of the it, rock it, as much it, as they They don't have to go to some ghastly frozen part of Russia to pick it up, and it's just yeah. in the middle of the desert in their back door, and they literally put a hole in the ground and up it comes. So it's not deep water, it's not shale oil, which is a complex sort of production, and the shale oil industry will struggle now because uh, they've never really made profits, so they've got you know short of cash and all that sort of stuff. So well, really, that's what it's about, isn't it? So Russia having a real bee in their bonnet that actually it's holding back um, uh, production has done nothing more than actually strengthen the U.S. Uh, oil market. Yeah, that's isn't all, it? Well, that's exactly what has done. I mean, the, the U.S. producers would be rubbing their hands together, seeing more production cuts, but. Down at thirty-five bucks. What's this on uh, on Brent? That's a big, big move. Uh, but well, they can't. But, can, but they Yeah, it has overnight. Yeah, Thirty-one, right. thirty-one. Uh, yeah. I can see down here in my chart, and then U.S. Uh, crude to NYMEX crude, um, yeah. which is the non-Middle Eastern uh, crude. But that's been down as low in, in the twenty-sevens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nearly thirty-two it, now. It's sort of more of a domestic oil, the the U.S. oil, the WTI, but. It still follows world oil, and it's it's just the most extraordinary move going. We, we were talking before we came on air, as it were, and back in the Gulf War, the market had spiked up, and everyone thought at the start of the Gulf War, where the US was taking on um, Iraq, uh, they thought all hell would break loose. But of course, it's such a one-sided affair. Within the matter of a day or two, it was over, and the price of oil absolutely collapsed. So it's trading at 29, 30 bucks a barrel. 
Wow, imagine that. Well, sort of near where we are today. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, we haven't gone anywhere. But but it used to be sort of 15, yeah. 20 bucks a barrel. And then to see it jump up was pretty frightening. But then yeah. it just collapsed. Extraordinary. Um, and I was reminded of that when I read the reports in the FT. But these are big moves. And obviously it's hitting, as you know, we're looking at the BP chart earlier on, all the, all the oils. Uh, but there are benefits. I mean, a lot of people are going to benefit. Haulage, um, logistics, filling up with the petrol station. You know, this... Oh, we worked out, or I worked out, uh, if oil is 40% of the component of petrol and diesel, and it's come off 30%, that could be, it works out at about 14p a litre. Yeah. Doesn't sound a lot, though, does it? There's so much tax in there. Well, that's because only. But that's because oil is only 40% of the price of, um, yeah. of, of the products, because a lot of it is, as you just said, it's taxes. So, um, yeah, the biggest uh, stocks are being affected. So one of the reasons why I say the, um, the FTSE is down so much, we've got two really big components, or at least they used to be really big components, yeah. in BP and Shell. Uh, very heavy in, in resources, and they're taking a big hit. So BP's down about 18% today. One thing I want to actually get across today is, you know, they might well, in six months' time, you might look at now and think, oh, bargains and so on. Just be careful, uh, because, you know, the markets could carry on further. We went limit down in the US today, and it's only... I think the last time we went limit down in the States was 08, wasn't it? Financial crisis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, 12 years ago, it doesn't happen very often. I think you just got to just be a little bit cautious. And if you are going to be buying stock and stuff, then just, just make sure you keep the risk um, down too low. One of the problems we see uh, is a lot of people just see this and they just go in all guns blazing and it'll, yeah. you know, it has the, it has the, the, propensity the danger to take you to the cleaners really so just be careful yeah really. it, worth explaining what limit down means that the the u.s markets uh, and the certainly the u.s uk markets will take their cue where the u.s is from their futures market which is yeah. their regulated markets and what these markets have is a circuit breaker so if the market falls too far they prevent it going below a certain price and this the first circuit breaker is at five percent so at five percent down the market can't tread any lower than that. And if you look at the chart on... It's got to go back above in an auction and to then go back down well, again, isn't well, it? No, no. What, what, what can happen is it's it's offered limit down at 5%. You want to buy it, you can pay the offer, yeah. you can trade it there, you can buy as much as you want at the limit offer. And it will actually bobble up. If you look at a five-minute chart on the Dow, for example, you can see it happening. So it's been limit down but it's actually traded up as yeah. it went out of limit. And that's as the other markets started to react higher as well. So it, it, it's not been stuck at limit the whole time. It's come out again, but it's now coming back down again. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, the market, I mean, really, there's been some fantastic moves on the DAX. If I just look at the um, Dynamic Trader um, strategy, some amazing moves this morning uh, on that one. Um, because there is no limit down there, so this is actually continues to be a tradable market. Fantastic sell at sort of, you know, six forty four if you're up that early, uh, but lovely sell trade there, um, and, and really interesting couple of continuation buys. There's some fantastic volatility. Just got to be mindful of, uh, of some of the concerns really. And look, actually, we're in a short right now. Uh, we're in a sell from the closest bar, uh, up about sixty pips on it at the moment. So really good moves, uh, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's probably worth noting as well, when the US is locked at limit down, the, what we've just described a couple of minutes ago, if anyone wants to hedge their yeah. US positions, yeah. guess what they'll do? They're going to be trading the other indices yeah. so they can get their grubby mitts on. They will be selling yeah. the DAX and the FTSE. 
that's not the US markets, but if you're panicking and you need to get some cover on board, you'll do it. And that's the reason why the, uh, da uh, the DAX was off, uh, or the JER 30, as we refer to it here, was off 8.5%. Yeah. Way more than the US. Not because anything's particularly wrong, more wrong with Germany than the US, it's because of that. Okay, so what about um, what about these other markets? We've seen um, uh, the likes of uh, gold has been quite impacted um, of late, uh, weirdly as well. We talked about it in last Monday's session, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. It, it it is one of those lightning rod sort of safe haven um, markets, but it, it's behaved quite sort of interestingly because remember it's been rallying quite sharply since the uh, sort of late December. I mean, it's gone up huge, and it's sort of. There's a lot built into the price, and I think when funds have been hit for six, as soon as there any whiff of any profit taking, like we had the previous Friday um, when the market fell from sort of 1650, at one stage it went down to sort of 1580 or something. It big, big moves, anything up to 100 bucks, it fell. And it's not because suddenly gold's not a safe haven, it's just because people were taking profits. Yeah. And as soon as it started to fall, it was that snowball effect. And it sort of happened last night with the gold was, um, yeah, it was way up, up to what, 30 bucks. And then it fell, just carried on falling. And literally about an hour ago, we were, we were lower than like Friday night's closer. It's actually down on the day. Odd, yeah. really. It, it, it is odd. I mean, we, we've been in buy mode for quite a while. I mean, the, the, the trends have been up. So we've had that long bias. Yeah. Um, so we're buying dips in gold at the moment. And it's yeah. sort of interesting uh, here. It's certainly not where we'd expect it to be. So just to explain, just in case anyone didn't, um, uh, attend last week so people are you know the big big funds over in the states they've got a big loss on their index positions they've got a big profit on their gold positions so they're closing their gold to take profits to yeah. help their margin with the yeah. indices is that, it, it, is that it, pretty it, much right it, it can help but it, it, really the size of positions in gold is nothing like what you have in your yeah. equities so uh, but it, it, it anyone who's got a position and if you're making a few you know, significant amount of money, even if it as a percentage of portfolio is not that big, you're still not going to let it just go by, are you? No, no. So uh, anyway, but that, but it, it, it's going higher, but it's going in some real big volatile moves, and you know, down big time that previous Friday. But then you remember the Tuesday last week, bang, straight back up again. Yeah. And what about bond yields then, Jerry? What's what's going on there? Okay, an, another uh, safe haven when. In times like this, investors rush to get out of riskier assets such as equities and they look for the safe haven that is bonds. Bonds are where, certainly sovereign bonds, those are bonds issued by governments, you're always going to get your money back. And those are the bits of paper that people like to buy knowing that they can get a bit of return on them mm. and they get their money back. Whereas equities, well you only need to see, you just showed up. BP down 18.5%, you won't suffer that sort of consequence in bonds. The problem is the yields are collapsing. So where are the yields now? They're in negative territory. Well, they are for most European sovereign bonds. There's something like $16 trillion worth of sovereign bonds are negative. That means you buy a bond, not basically you will get less money back at maturity. So you're and better that, off keeping it under your mattress. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fine. But if, but if you're a if you're a hedge fund, you're, if your hedge fund were two and a half billion, you're going to have to big, have a big mattress. Big mattress, yeah. But but so so U.S. ten-year yields have just collapsed. So the world and his wife has been buying U.S. bonds because they they did have a, a yield on them. They now are below. I think thirty-year yields are below one percent. So you're getting one percent per year buying U.S. thirty-year paper, holding it for thirty years, one percent. Not great. 
Well, let's have a look at the um, interest rate situation because uh, the US last week came in with a, a sort of an emergency 50, bit, 50 basis point cut, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I say, you know, we, we, we talked about it last month. Well, maybe they'll mm. come out and do something before uh, the meeting, which is on the 18th of March. And yet here we are, they're pricing in another cut for the 18th of March uh, meeting now. So do you want to tell us a bit about that, Jerry? Yeah, it, 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 it was interesting actually because this time last week, uh, so the day before, we were looking at this um, uh, forward rate um, tool from the Chicago uh, Mercantile Exchange, and they were telling us that it was implying that it was going to be a half point cut at the next meeting, which is on the 18th of March, next Thursday or next Wednesday, one of the two. Um, but we reckoned that we, we said there was a risk that they could cut intra meeting, i.e., between meetings, uh, and they've done just that. So last Tuesday, they cut rates by half a percent. The markets rallied, came back down again. It wasn't much of a reaction yeah, yeah. at all. In fact, it was a reaction for about 20 minutes. Well, to tackle, uh, to tackle coronavirus, are you really now knowing that your mortgage or perhaps your uh, overdraft has been cut by, let's say, 30 basis points? Are you now going to rush out and risk your life to, to go to a football match or travel around the world? I don't know, or spend money? That's what they want people to do. This is not going to happen, and they know that now. So uh, what monetary policy is going to do to bolster or get us over the coronavirus epidemic, I don't know. So what's the point of another, okay, it, another it, cut? It's psychological and it's, it, it's yeah, one of the few ways that central banks can show that they they understand and sympathise with what's going on. But they need governments need to act. This is monetary policy, but yeah. you need fiscal, fiscal policy. policy yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so going back to interest rates, of course, now this is what this is showing is that now next Wednesday, the Fed are going to cut rates by a whopping three quarters of a percent. So it's a seventy-five percent likelihood yeah. there'll be a three quarters of a percent cut on the eighteenth. So that would mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all in, in all likelihood, a one and a quarter percent cut in uh, in what two yeah. three weeks. In fact, you see, I, I, I question whether this is actually right. It's it's actually implying naught to twenty-five. Yeah, which is a one percent. That's a one percent. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't Sorry, think that. Right. They're, they're actually most participants are saying three quarters percent is possible next Thursday or next Wednesday. The, the problem you've got is that once they do that, and then we do go into a recession, then there's there, there'd be no other thing else to do apart from go negative. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think just generally about a global recession, I think it's probably odds on now. But the question for all these economists is: it going to be a, a V-shaped one, i.e go down, coronavirus fixed, back up again. Let's remove oil from the equation because I think it's a sort of an initial hit for now. And the, there's a lot of discussion to take place about that. But the underlying problem is the coronavirus, COVID-19 spread, which is gonna hit all Western, all economies globally. And it's gonna result in a slowdown, if not a recession in global growth. Is it gonna be a U-shaped, which is down along, then up, i.e. is it gonna bobble around at the bottom for a few months? I think it's probably gonna be a V-shaped recession. I think if we do hit a recession in the UK, that is, but I think it's likely that we'll recover, like the globe will. Uh, because a lot of stuff that we're not doing now is not something we'll never do, we're just putting it off. If you're not going on holiday, you're not ever gonna go, you'll then have your holiday in November or October or I don't know.
Yes, you're not going to not go on holiday for the next five Correct. years, are you? Correct. You know, yeah. you might yeah. you might drop one holiday this year, and that 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 sort of thing. Isn't yeah, it? but you're still you're, you'll catch up, and that's what the market will do. That's for the hospitality industry, especially in the tourism. Um, okay, and, and I suppose we, we we'll be talking about similar cuts elsewhere, will we? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I think we've got ours on the. I say ours uh, the. Monetary Policy Committee, the Rate Setting Committee for the Bank of England, they meet on the 26th of March. It's, they've factored in anywhere between a quarter and a half point cut, and there is speculation they could do something before then. So, uh, sort of like the Fed did one before their meeting, uh, the Bank of England might do something. But Sterling's had a bit of an interesting rebound, though. Um, yeah. You know, because at one stage, I think they were expecting some sort of emergency cut, and it all sort of petered out. But remember, this is as much a dollar move as, yeah. as a sterling move. In a way, looking at euro sterling is more so symbolic of where sterling is, and, and that sterling really weakened considerably the previous week, but actually it's sort of been trending ground uh, for the last uh, sort of five, six trading days. Mm. Uh, but no, I think, I think we're gonna get a cut. Are we gonna cut, get a cut in Europe? That's the big question. Yeah, I mean, the, well, talking about maybe getting a cut to minus 0.6. Yeah, it's nuts. That's factored in. But I, I actually, I know COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever we're calling it, interest rate cuts do not help the underlying issue with that. Do they help it with an, uh, a, a, an economy that's slowing down like the Euro, Eurozone was? Yes, it would do. But it's it's difficult to know. I mean, they've got to do a lot more stuff, and I think European governments have got to do stuff, and European governments are really slow. Uh, and some of the big northern powerhouses, they need to engage in a lot more fiscal stimulus. That's cutting taxes and stuff, and not leaving yeah. everything up to the central bank. QE well, that's right. I mean, we've got, um, well, we've got the budget on Wednesday in the UK, haven't yeah. we? So, you know, obviously we're talking about getting the, the, the debt under control, but at the same time, you know, they are, the, borrowing has never been so cheap. Well, that's uh, right, and really. I think so. If you're going to invest and you're going to create more debt, then now's the time, really, isn't uh, it? I, I guess, and it's sort of been that way for a few years in a way. But I think they're going to rewrite some of the fiscal rules. But this chap, uh, uh, Rishi Sunak, has uh, been in the job for I don't know two weeks or something, yeah, isn't it? Well, yeah. I think it maybe four weeks, but it's kind yeah. of tough on the guy. Now he's got presented with a you know backdrop of an economy that's probably along with all the other Western economies diving into recession. It's quite the hospital pass, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. Maybe Sajid Javid, you. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah. It just stopped. Yours. I'll, I'll, bl yeah. I'll blame Boris, but actually I'll just, this coronavirus, wow. Yeah. Um, right, anything else that we need to get our um, teeth into? Okay, yeah, other stuff, the currencies, uh, not, not just the dollar, but you know, we've talked about oil collapsing, of course. Oil, not just oil, base metals, all the resource sector has been smashed. Yeah. And of course, so all the miners have been smashed. There's no point looking at individual miners, but what you can do is look at their current the currencies yeah. where those products come from. Australia, look at the Aussie dollar. Yeah. Have a look at that. Now, you may not be able to see it that clearly, but there is a pin, there's a line, long piercing line where the market crashed to overnight. Yeah, I mean that's a, about a five percent fall. It's I a mean, five. It is. It is just that. It's a five percent fall, and it's down. It's one of these uh, flash crashes where uh, more selling caused more selling, which caused more selling. So that snowball just falling. And in the small hours when there's no liquidity as Correct. well. Correct. That's exactly what happened. 
uh, and it, it recovered. Happened to the New Zealand dollar as well. So if you look at the NZD USD, you'll see the same deal there. Yeah. That horrible spike lower, and it's just it's actually back to normality as well. So um, where it should be, but the CAD Canadian dollar slightly uh, uh, worse off. Um, it gapped lower or, or this is the number of Canadian dollars to the, to the dollar so this is the, the dollar rally and the Canadian dollar falling it's recovered some of its poise but nothing like the Aussie dollar and the, and the New Zealand dollar so the Canadian dollar under quite a bit of pressure there but these are all resource currencies and you expect to see them lower on the back of the move overnight um, yeah I mean there's been some massive moves on like sort of euro CAD I mean obviously you've got people switching into the euro uh, yeah. out of the Canadian dollar I mean that's just almost yeah. um, that's just uh, a ridiculous move now. A, a, any of the resource pairs against any certainly against the euro which has been particularly yeah. strong and Aussie yen CAD yen New Zealand yen they'll all have yeah. gone just berserk um, well dollar yen I mean we had a, a cracking short a, a few weeks ago but well two ten days ago maybe look mm. at it now yeah. I mean that's well, it, that's, it, that's that's a six percent fall. Well, it's odd on the yen because they released their GDP data for Q4 last year, and it showed that the economy had cratered, was in a horrible, uh, bad period because of the consumption tax. I think it was down six point three percent. Yeah. The likelihood of it being a negative quarter this first quarter, i.e., Jan to end of March. Is probably a, an absolute odds-on certainty. You'd think. So Japan is going to be in a recession. Why you be buying their currency if it's in a deep recession? It's what it'll be. It, it's one of the worst performing economies at the moment. Yeah. And its currency is one of the best performing. Work that one out. It's a safe haven thing. That people love buying the yen. It's and they've not forgotten it, and they still think it's a thing to do. Old habits die hard, huh? Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, so um, should we get on to uh, look at the calendar? Is yeah, it worth looking at it, the calendar? Well, it is, but it's not a lot, but it's just uh, worth just mentioning a couple of things, just Adrian. Just a couple of these uh, lower yeah, yeah, things. Right. Um, um, so, so the first thing that is worth pointing out... Do we want to look at last week, actually? Because we've got non-farm last week. Is that yeah. worth having a quick look? Yeah, it can do. I mean, it was... Um, it ends up being a bit of a non-event compared it, to everything else. It is else, a non-event, but, but it was a lot better than expected, wasn't it? Yeah. It really was. And, and, um, and actually a really small reaction to it as well, because not only did they revise uh, yeah. the previous month up, but obviously there was an extra 100,000 jobs created than expected Which, too. So I mean, that really surprised me. The ADP data on Wednesday didn't surprise me, but this, cracking what on earth is going on? Well, I, my, only, my own view is that I suspect the Bureau of Labour Statistics have muddled up their data and got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, and I bet it you that really I bet you the data in April's uh, revised down. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, positive. But in the light of what's going on with everything else, the markets were never going to do that well off the back of it, were they? Uh, and they didn't. They yeah, they didn't. It, it, it's funny. All these things that would normally create quite big impact, yeah. it's just just but nothing. The, the trouble is, we're looking at data because everything is changing so quickly, week or day by day. Looking at a lot of data, especially lagged indicators, yeah, they're, they're irrelevant. They really are irrelevant. We want to know what's going to happen in the future. We, the stuff, it's the leading indicators that we're interested in. So let's have a look then for the um, yeah for this coming week. I'm on the wrong week. There we go. Okay, first thing we need to just remind everyone we've had a change in uh, the hours in the US. Yep. So it's daylight savings. They're now in their summertime, so their clocks have gone forward. What that means is instead of being a five-hour difference, there's a four-hour difference. With a four-hour difference, it means markets. US stock markets open at half one. 
And if you trade the US market up to the close at nine o'clock, you're gonna be getting off uh, earlier at uh, eight o'clock. And that's gonna carry on until we change our clocks, which is on the 29th of March. So it's three weeks, three weeks of early closing, early opening, and all the data points coming out an, an hour earlier. So all those numbers that come out at 1.30, I prefer that. It's when we're out of sync for three weeks, when we're um, the other way. Shut, it will shut at eleven or whatever. It's uh, yeah, that gets quite painful. Yeah, or ten. We yeah. we spring forward and we fall back. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, we? but but Which, um, but the data. Yeah, but the data this week's pretty light. Um, we've got our budget. We've already mentioned that on on Wednesday at um, eleven thirty. They're saying I don't know when he starts. It was on Tuesday. I don't know what's going. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday, is it? Okay, Wednesday. Uh, and this is Rishi Sunak, so we've already mentioned him and what he's going to do. It's up for a bit of uh, um, debate, but um, I, don't, I think he's with, backed away from doing anything drastic on pensions and the like, so it's going to be a bit sort of neutral, really, and they're going to delay any changes in their fiscal rules until October. So uh, he's having a budget, but not having a budget, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Wednesday, also um, US uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index, or inflation as we like to call it. It's the core number we look at, plus 0.2%, same as last month. And honestly, Adrian, on the back of the oil price, inflation has just suddenly become so irrelevant. Yeah. What is the likelihood of inflation ticking up in the US over the next few months? I would Pretty say minimal. you wouldn't put any money on it, and it's yeah. not going to happen. Hence, And that's why the Fed have been cutting rates. Uh, there will be... It's just shocking what they're doing with rates, isn't it? But anyway, so inflation used to be important. It ain't important for now, that's for sure. Uh, crude oil inventories, again, in the afternoon, that will also be irrelevant for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, because um, we know what's happening in the bigger picture and uh, the domestic oil supplies in the US really uh, suddenly just take a back uh, step, as it were. Um, the other main event this week, well, we've talked about it earlier on, which is the European Central Bank then policy meeting. Uh, on Thursday, they're going to let us know what they're doing with their um, uh, financing rate. Uh, it's at zero, the rate at which banks um, uh, charge interest or are charged interest by the central bank is going to go from minus 0.5 to minus 0.6. And that's supposed to encourage those banks to lend money to corporates and uh, you and me. Um, no, that's not going to work, is it? And there's a big debate about how effective cutting rates further into negative territory, how that's going to instill confidence in businesses and in, in, in the retail market. I'd say not at all. No. Why the hell are you doing it in the first place? Well, things are so bad, that's why. They're really that bad. Tell you what, I'm not going to spend any money. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of attitude. Anyway, the press conference at one thirty is going to be a lively old affair uh, because... There's a lot of debate about what uh, Christine Lagarde uh, is and her committee are going to announce. But I think QE, dollops of other monetary stimulus policies to help businesses, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and one thing we've got on the sort of medium impact, uh, we're talking about leading indicators. Yeah. Is this something that's suddenly going to be a bit more interesting on, uh, uh, on Friday, the consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's something that. I always wonder why it's not higher impact because it's a great leading indicator and it, it provides good insight into what is going to happen in the months ahead. And already you're seeing a figure of 101 in, in February. Now we're looking for consensuses for 95. 
I think that's going to be going down in the months to come, for sure, surely. Yeah. And one thing that, do you know what affects consumers a lot in the US is the value of their 401ks, Absolutely, their yeah. pensions. Yeah. And I tell you what, when the markets fall, we will have fallen 20% by close of play tonight if the markets close where they yeah. are. And if they do, I tell you what, people won't go and spend money. No. Because they're seeing it, you know. The, yeah. it, it's interesting when people, because a four hundred one k, if you don't know, it's all to do with the the, the pension uh, funds, the, the private pensions in the US. They don't have a state pension uh, in the states, so they all invest in. A lot of them invest in their, their own pension, uh, their IRAs and their four hundred one k's. Now, the problem uh, with that, in a way, is that we talk about all BPs falling and this is falling, that's falling, but we don't see the value of our state pension, so we don't. A lot of people don't see the impact that it then has because we just you get a letter once a year, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas in the states, when they're more active with it, they're seeing it on a day-to-day -day basis. Logged yeah. They're logged in, they're trading it, they're looking at it, and they're able to look at it, which we're not with the state pension. Which means that suddenly it just has a real impact on their positivity or, or, or negativity. Yeah, or whether and, they're going to uh, spend any money or not. Ar yeah, ironically, it's a big difference, huge ironically, difference across. Um, ironically, that's not for now anyway, but it affects their. Their thought processes. Well, now. you're thinking about your plans into your retirement. What can you afford now? Oh God! And suddenly it's a ne it's a negative, isn't it? Well, mind you, you know, that's you know, all it is. Maybe some astute people will be thinking, "I'm not going to spend any money. I'm going to put it into the stock market. This is an opportunity." Yeah. Every time the market has these big banana skins over the last sort of 40 years, 30 years, they always recover. And I've been around watching it long enough to know that exactly is what will happen. The question you have to ask yourself. Has it got a lot more yeah. to fall? Or how long is it going to take to recover? Yeah, how, that's right. You know, uh, where that's right. where are we on the on the V or the U? That's right. You know, are we yeah. at the bottom? I mean, or if you're halfway down. Yeah, you know, if you're 65 or 66 and you're just about to retire, you're not going to be too chuffed with this sort of move. Of course, yeah. as someone who's about to retire, you shouldn't have had that much money in the stock market anyway, because you wouldn't want to risk that much. Mm. But these are all the questions that people ask. But uh, very interesting markets and the VIX, which is something that you know we tend to look at as well. I'm just surprised, Adrian, how it hasn't really gone up much. Uh, well, it's it, I would have expected to have hit 50. Last time I looked, it was about 42. I think it has got up um, as high as that. 42, yeah. Well, you've gone into the 50s in the small hours, 54 uh, in the wow. small hours on the cash fix. Well, then I'd ask the question, why has it come down so much? But there you go. So well, like, when the markets hold sideways, it does, yeah. it does come down. It just doesn't stay up here, does it? It's one well, of those. When I looked at it, when I got in this morning at about half seven, it, it already come up. It was back down. I was thinking, God, I honestly thought it'd be well above fifty. There we go. Uh, but I it, think I think actually, you know, we've got we can get data going back to nineteen ninety. I think the only time it's been above fifty is is two thousand eight. Great financial crisis. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think it just doesn't. How do you do it for some reason? And and I'm not sure that data is spot on either because I remember uh, volatility is getting up to sort of eighty five percent. Yeah. Which basically means there's a probability of everything happening. Yeah. All your puts and all your calls could all got an equal chance of being in the. Who market. knows? Yeah. Who knows? That, that's what's going on? Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, any, anything else to add, or should we shut up shop? Uh, yeah. We could talk forever, Adrian. I'm not sure someone wants to hear me whittering on about everything in detail, but uh, a lot, uh, it's a very movable, moving target. The coronavirus is still the underlying issue why the markets are so weak. I have a feeling the oil issue will stabilise eventually, but the question is whether oil comes back up, however much it comes back up or not, it's when this COVID-19 really starts to spread in earnest in the likes of the US and Northern Europe. Yeah, uh, and I, 
it's it's something that will pass, but it, it, it may take three or four months, and you know, uh, I'm, the impact we're not altogether sure what it's going to be. But judging by the way some of these countries are behaving, like in Italy, what a bad thing to do. I think it's good to quarantine all of those regions. That's Lombardy and Veneto, the 16 million people. But they told them they were going to do it, and for about half a day, everyone got on a train and went down south to Puglia. <laughs> So, <laughs> I wouldn't be that happy if I lived in southern Italy with all, all my northern yeah. brethren coming breathing on you, c coming down with their virus. But yeah. anyway, uh, it's just not been handled well there, to be honest. But uh, there we go. No, well, uh, okay, let's call it an end uh, then, shall we? So uh, this time next week, hopefully. Uh, uh, it'll be a, a little better uh, looking uh, next Monday, but tune in. Uh, otherwise, have a great week's trading. Make sure you keep your wrists tight. Um, you know, this is not... Uh, people have a propensity to look at this like some sort of lottery ticket um, and bargain basement, but uh, um, low is a relative term, as we've talked about well, in recent uh, oil, sessions, so yeah, oil just be careful. Cheap. Yeah, oil looked cheap on Friday, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely it did. And that, and that closing price on Friday now looks... And yeah, it can still go down more. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.